0: Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. In this week's episode, we have another wonderful guest, Lynn. And Lynn is going to share with us all about mentorships versus advice versus coaching in the event industry. And during our chat, Lynn will shed light on the key differences between those three things. And, you know, as we think about it, each has their place in the business world, and Lynn has explored how to best step into her role and shares how we can step into our roles as an industry expert and give back to the live events community through a helping hand. So we are so excited to hear from Lynn today. So here we go. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm Logan, one of your co-hosts, and I'm very excited. Again, we say this is our buzzword every week. We're excited for our guests, uh, so I want to save as much time for her as possible, but I do want to acknowledge this episode will just be be me by myself. No Mary this week. She is pulled away for a last minute event thing, so she is busy, but we are happy to have our guest Lynn nevertheless. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Lynn. Behind the lens of Lynn Resnick photography, Lynn Resnick is an educator turned photographer on a mission to share her knowledge and lessons learned from nearly a decade of industry experience. A lifelong learner at heart, Lynn combines her passion for training and mentoring with a unique teaching approach grounded in proven educational practices. As the founder of the Wedding Client Experience Academy, Lynn offers an easy-to-digest online curriculum based on four fundamental pillars. The result establishes deeply rooted trust with clients, streamlined systems, which we love on this podcast, for the busiest of workflows, and empowers pros to create bespoke moments for their couples. A sought-after expert in our field, Lynn's Insight has been recently published with Rangefinder Magazine, Rising Tide Society, another organization we love on this podcast, SpecialEvents.com, and the knot. Without further ado, I would like to welcome you, Lynn, to the podcast. Is there anything you'd like to add to that amazing bio? Hi. No, I, I think that covers it. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Thanks for going through everything. <laughs> we got there. I feel like the only detail we're missing is where, where are you currently based? Where are you coming to us from?
1: Yeah, I am in upstate New York. Uh, so actually northern upstate New York uh, near the Canadian border in Plattsburgh.
0: Oh, very cool. Well, I'm a fellow. I'm originally from Philadelphia, so a fellow East Coast gal, but out, on, out in Seattle right now. So very cool. And one of the things we like to tell our listeners is kind of why we ask our guests. So we were excited to talk with you today, Lynn, because we got introduced to you by our friend, Megan Ely, who we had on the pod back in season one. And we always talk about mentors. And I know I personally have had a lot of experience where I've gotten good advice, especially when I first started as a young professional. And we still to this day feel like we are constantly talking about coaching groups and all the options you have out there to get advice as an event pro, as a business owner, and so I'm really excited to get some insight into this kind of world of feedback and and support. And so to kind of kick us off the our topic today with this episode was talking about what's the difference between mentorship versus advice versus coaching. So Lynn, what is the difference?
1: Yeah, so um, mentorship and coaching, like they those. Two terms I feel like get used so much in the events industry and just in general, right? Everyone's looking for support and um, coming up, you know, that kind of thing. So mentorship is really a long-term relationship that is built with someone who is an expert in the same field as you. And has experience to share to help you, you know, grow in that same industry, reach your goals, um, share their expertise from their years in that same industry or in their that same company. Um, and one of the keys here is that it is longer term. So it's usually over the course of months uh, or a year or more, that kind of thing. Um, whereas coaching, coaching is not necessarily somebody who's gonna share a lot of their expertise. Um, their own stuff, they're going to be pulling stuff from the person they're coaching. So there's a lot of listening and asking questions and helping you as the person being coached to identify your own goals, identify kind of where you are currently, help you kind of steer that course and, and really pull stuff from within the person being coached as opposed to giving a lot of information like a mentor might do. Um, And can also still be like a longer term relationship. And oftentimes a coach is certified or um, credentialed in some way from various like coaching certification programs. Uh, And then, you know, advice is just more that that's the short term stuff, the one hit thing where you sit down with somebody over coffee or you're paying for maybe a single session. That's an hour or a few hours long. You're digging into more specific single topics and you're getting that, you know, advice from somebody who's been there before you to share, you know, this is what worked for me or this is what I think you should do. Here's what you know how I think you should a recommendation for how to move forward.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's so interesting. It's getting my my head my head going because I definitely am like. Oh, those are three different niches. I think when we first sat down with this topic, I was like, they're very similar, and you clearly define them as three very different, which is great. How do you think? Do you think you can receive all three mentorship, advice, coaching, all at the same time, or do you think you should focus on one of those aspects based on where you
1: are in your personal life or in your business? That's such a great question. I mean, I think along the way, one versus another, in terms especially of mentorship and coaching, may rise to the the top for you as like where you are or what you need or want. Um, Another thing to note maybe is just that coaching doesn't always have to be done by somebody in your industry whereas mentorship usually is. So a coach can be you know, a life coach or a business coach or somebody who's not necessarily in the events industry and can still serve as a coach. I actually have a coach who I work with for for business and, you know, she is events industry adjacent and she works with a bunch of different people. You know, I just happen to be a wedding photographer, um, but she's been incredibly beneficial to be working with over the last couple of years to identify my goals and strive for those goals and stay focused and um, motivated and those kinds of things. Um, So. Definitely a mentor who is within that industry that can help and support you as you're trying to grow up in that industry, as well as a coach, like those, I don't think are conflicting things necessarily. Um, And certainly, you know, advice we're getting all the time from all kinds of places. So yeah, you could definitely do all three. Um, I think finding those people for mentors and coaches who you really trust and who um, have demonstrated expertise in their respective areas is going to be important. Mm.
0: Yeah, I feel like the advice piece, especially if you own a business or like are your own boss, you often get a lot of unsolicited advice. I don't know why my brain went there first. Of when I first <laughs> I got mansplained a couple times how to run my business, and I remember like, oh, that's not the advice I, I feel like we all we all cherish. But I'd like to dial in first on mentorship, and that is something that Mary and I often get asked about, and just the sense of you know how do you find a mentor? Where do you go through? And I did a program that was for women in sports and events wise, where I got paired and I had an official mentor through an official six month program. We now continued past that, and I have found that to be one of the best. I did it in twenty twenty before I knew the pandemic was happening. It was the best thing to happen for me. So I'd love to know, when did you have your first mentor? And if you're comfortable sharing, how did you find them or how did you start that relationship?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I I actually love telling the story because I would not be in this industry or where I am without my mentor at all. Uh, and that was, it was my, my own wedding photographer. So when I got married back in 2008, I was a teacher before. So I was a high school history teacher, like did something totally different. And discovered a love for, you know, photography in finding my own wedding photographer, got married, and then she was local. So I ended up like soon after that getting a DSLR camera and like starting to get into this um, and took a workshop with her back in like 2010 or 2011. And um, from that, she just saw like an interest and a passion that I had. And so she took me along and became my mentor. So I did maybe 15 weddings with her, um, as a third photographer and her assistant over the course of a a season, I worked over the summer in her studio and got to learn like the back end of everything and ask her, you know, all the questions, all the stuff over the course of a, a full year before I stepped up into second photography, you know, second shooting and then launching, you know, paid clients and working with my own couples. Um, so, It was a really, it was a really powerful and amazing way to do it because I did not go to school for it at all. I went to school for US history and, you know, education. And so um, I don't know how I would have gotten really into this well without being able to get my feet wet. with her there and to ask all those questions and to learn on the job in that longer term, because there's just so much to learn, as you know, right? As a small business owner, it's hard to do on a single wedding day. It's hard to do, you know, in a single advice, like advising session, those one hit things are really great for specific questions, but really for the knowledge you want to get started. um, It was, it was amazing for me to be able to have that consistent person to go back to, to ask those questions, to keep learning on the job.
0: That's very interesting. The first person that you kind of worked under was your was your mentor. Now, when you when you talk about them now, in your mind, do you think did you ever officially ask that person to be your mentor, or has it just been something when reflecting back, you're like, oh, I would consider them a mentor in my life?
1: Yeah, I don't think we called it a mentorship at the time. You know, it wasn't labeled that, but that's absolutely what it was. Uh, but she did certainly commit to supporting me over the course of a year. You know, so that was the invitation. Like, come along with me for the year and and learn this way and do these things. So, um, yeah, without that label, you know, looking back, that's definitely what it was though. It just didn't have that term associated with it,
0: yeah. I just think some people really get hung up on the label. I've talked to so many people who are like, I don't have a mentor, but then that, ex- you know that example you just described, I think I can think of them like, oh, I have so many other people I wouldn't in my mind have thought of as mentors, but truly, they are serving that purpose of kind of shepherding you through you know, learning the trade or however that is. So yeah, that's very exciting. And hopefully listeners at home, if you're thinking you probably have a mentor that you might not officially have called a mentor. And I think now tackling one other part of our our topic for today, talking about coaching, and because a big thing in my head when I think mentoring versus coaching, I do think of the financial aspect that usually comes with coaching. So how do you know if you're ready for coaching and making that financial investment in your future?
1: Yeah, this is a great question. And it's tough because it's going to be different for everybody. Everyone's financial situation is different. Everyone, you know, and levels of support from coaches are different too, in terms of the financial commitment they need. Um, For me, I think I started to look at it when I knew that I wanted to, I had these big goals and I didn't know quite how to get there. I was feeling stuck and I knew that I could get there. It was just, I needed that little bit of help support guidance so when i was right you know and i had enough of my business foundation to be like okay i know i want to take this you know chunk of money and invest in myself and do this and that's going to be yeah different for everybody. But I think if you get to that place where you're like ready to go to the next level, you're ready to, to try that new thing or enter a new market or whatever it is, and you're just having that struggle with breaking through, that's a great opportunity to, to seek out a coach and invest in their help and guidance to get you to those specific goals. I do think that return on investment is going to be greatest when you have at least some initial goal that you're trying to reach in mind so that they can really help you know, clarify things for you around that, where you are currently, mindset blocks, like any of that stuff. It's gonna be helpful to have at least an initial goal you can bring to them and say, this is where I really want to get to.
0: And I this is something that I I feel like is my next question is really in the same vein, kind of like mentorship. I think I've had these conversations with some other, especially female event pros and other business owners, about how do you find the right coach so not only knowing that you need to do it but how do you find them and i, I personally don't have never hired a business coach but i've hired a, like a fitness coach before and it came my most recent one was because i followed them on instagram for a long period of time and i knew them as a friend and then finally when i decided i wanted to invest some money in my health i they were the first person i turned to because i felt like i built that trust so what would your advice be to someone who is interested they think they have the finances to invest in something but now they want to know how do i find the right coach for me
1: Well, what you just said, social media and following along and and checking out some of the free resources that coaches have available, what are they sharing? You know, how are they showing up to serve a broader audience? And if that resonates for you, that's a really good sign that you're going to have a good connection moving forward. So that's definitely one great way to do it and to kind of do that research, as well as also, you know, get to know them and, and build, like you said, that rapport. Another is, you know, turning to trusted friends. I think people go to those Facebook groups a lot and like a lot of things get thrown around in like really large Facebook groups, which can be helpful for some things. But this is one of those tricky ones where personality and expertise can really play a big part in finding that right fit. So I would just caution against maybe throwing it out into a really large group like that. But Turning to some of your friends within an industry or um, you know trusted friends or family in general and seeing if they have any personal referrals, that's always a great way to go. And then as you're looking at people, I think social proof is important. So do they have you know reviews or testimonials on their website that they can share? Is there someone that you could talk to who is a student who you know or a coach you know was coached by them that was successful and doesn't mind like sharing a few minutes you know depending on like the level of um coaching that they're doing or how many people they're working with that personal connection to actually get to talk to somebody might be great and then a lot of coaches are going to do discovery calls or something like that to make sure that you're a good fit and i would say if they're not doing that i would ask for one like you want to make sure that this person their personality the, the way that they approach their work and supporting you um the timeline that they use the methods of communication like you want all of those things to be great fits and so those are great questions to ask and to do that on a discovery call which is basically just it's a free call right for yeah. 10 minutes 15 minutes whatever it is it doesn't have to be long but can they commit to actually answering some of those questions and making sure you're you're a good fit approach wise and personality wise there's so much mirrors
0: our like our clients like you as a photographer and me as a planner and producer what our clients do with working for us and you know working with us yeah. i mean and hiring our services of kind of taking that due diligence and i think that's a really important point you made there of finding what's a good fit for you i know that's where i found that I've struggled some of in terms of making that kind of recommendation to friends because I haven't personally worked with anyone. So I'm like, I like this person from their social media posts, but they might not be your cup of tea or the way they talk about things is not you know what you're looking for. So I think it's interesting that it's good to know that there's lots of options out there, but making sure that you find someone that kind of aligns with um, what you're looking for in your fit and taking those discovery calls, like you said. I'd yeah. love to shift the conversation a little bit. Was there anything else you wanted to add about receiving that mentoring? advice coaching as an event pro before we transition to how you become and be the one doing the mentoring?
1: Um, The only other thing I would add is just that all, especially for coaching and mentorship, uh, like stressing that longer term relationship and a commitment on your end as well as the person being coached or mentored, there is a commitment on your part too. And oftentimes, and I think coaches and mentors would would tell you this too, that you only get in what you well, you only get out what you put in that's what it is <laughs> you only yeah. get out what you put in um but that's an important part to to just note and That's part of judging when you're ready, I think, as well. Can you really commit to this as well and commit to the homework you might have if you, for lack of a better word, the teacher in me, the homework you might have. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, the things that you're going to need to do to follow up and to make make those moves that you're hoping for happen um, and take the advice that's being provided from a mentor over that longer term, just knowing that um, you taking it seriously and committing to it is going to take some of your your time as well as, you know, maybe financial resources.
0: Yeah, I had with that mentor I talked about with the official program I did, that was something I know I was at first nervous about and then found it was really helpful to come with not an agenda per se, but like what I wanted to talk about. And I actually started a note on my phone because I felt like it's the same if like with a doctor or something, if you only see them every so often, they're like, what's come up for you? And you're like, I don't, nothing really. So I started a note on my phone that was just questions for Jen. <laughs> and I could kind of keep a running tally of scenarios or things that I wanted to like go, you know, put by her. And I know that's something we had to do a post-program kind of reflection that she found really helpful as a mentor that I was kind of helping drive the conversation. And she knew that I was getting something out of it in terms of asking questions or navigating different work situations that came up.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's a great idea because it's true. There are so many things that if you don't write it down, it's gone. (laughs) (laughs) uh, And so that's a great way to do it and kind of keep that running list and and to come to the table with things that you want to you want to ask, you want to engage in or discuss for sure.
0: Great. Well, I'd love to shift over now. We're going to talk about kind of the other side of the coin. If you're an event pro who maybe has a little bit more experience, you've been in the industry a little bit longer and you're interested in becoming a mentor or a coach. For Lynn, for you, like at what point in a career do you decide that you can give back and start being that mentor and giving that coaching or giving
1: that advice? yeah so i know a lot of people will feel like oh i have to be in for 10 years or you know five years or i have to reach x amount of dollars or i have to do whatever and some coaches even sell themselves on those things right you know i reached six figures or whatever i did um those are all great things but i don't know that you have to have any of those things i think you need to have a motivation to give back and to want to serve and to help other people in the industry number one and then number two um you know coming from just um kind of a humble place of saying well this is what worked for me if you're going to start doing some of that mentoring um certainly for coaching i would encourage people to go out and get certified or credentialed if they're going to call themselves a coach Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: and you know take that with a you know like a weightiness that it deserves for for other coaches out there who are like make sure that you're doing it right um but for mentorship and and that kind of thing, I mean, I think there's always going to be somebody newer than you who's looking for help and support. So if you're just coming with a generous heart for that, then I think that's great. Um, obviously, if you're a month into the industry, it may be a little too soon to start doing that. But you know, do you have some some things that you know have worked well? Do you have one area even in your business that you feel really confident? In? And I think we could probably all identify one spot, whether it's you know the back end workflows and organization or client experience or our booking calls or um you know our onboarding or our offboarding anything like that like start with something you feel confident in and start putting it out there that you would love to be able to share and support you know other people in that one thing and let it build from what you're confident in
0: that's something i feel like with a lot of mentors it's coming up again from this official program I was a part of because we had some very honest reflections post. A lot of the mentors were like, I didn't feel ready to be a mentor, but by going through, not that the program gave them structure, but it kind of gave them a confidence boost that, oh no, there are situations that they've gone through that they can offer insight to somebody else, you know, coming up behind them. And I know, I, I don't think I've officially ever been a mentor in a relationship with someone, but I definitely know I get excited about helping other people have an easier path to what I've done or just kind of saying, you know, the advice I would have given younger me because I've been in business now for six years, like what I wish I could have told first year in business me uh, has been stuff. And I feel like this for Mary and I, this podcast is very much kind of in that vein of not necessarily mentorship, but kind of in that advice column, I guess, of trying to help people, you know, learn and grow along the way. And for you, what have you, do you consider yourself a mentor for anyone or a coach or
1: a general advice giver? Yeah, I mean, so definitely try to be really generous with advice when people ask and and support that um, and keep my mouth shut when people are not actually asking because like we said, that's that's also a blessing sometimes too. Um, but I do I do mentor. I have taken on um, a mentee for the last three years. So I had the same person for 2020 and twenty twenty one because the pandemic kind of hit pause on actually being able to come to weddings or do things like that. Yeah. Um, but i I created a really similar to the mentorship I experienced, which I found so, um, helpful, I formalized it by calling it that and then laying out some of the expectations. So we have a little agreement that I have them sign and it's a commitment to work with me for the year. It's a it's a free exchange of like good, you know, services and education and all that stuff, but they come along to at least 10 weddings with me. So they get to learn on the job and build their portfolio at weddings with me. And then we also do quarterly two hour coaching session, like check-ins or advising sessions where we'll be able to break down, you know, any questions we didn't have time for on a wedding day or things that came up and deal with the other sides of the the photography business. Right. For me, it's photography. So what questions they have about the workflow or about editing or about contracts or any of those other things, because we just don't have time to deal with that on a wedding day. But so much of running the business is about knowing how to prepare for and support people through the actual day and being with me for several gives them a chance to see, you know, those scenarios that pop up naturally that you couldn't necessarily bottle into a single, you know, advice giving session. That is an amazing structure
0: Lynn. I I'm like now my wheels are turning. I think that's so smart because I think so many people we talk on this podcast too about the event industry is so hard because you need the experience to get the gig, but you need the gig to get the experience. It's that like chicken and the egg experience. And so yes. <laughs> when Mary and I dive into what you know how we got started, a lot of it was volunteering and just, like you said, just be a sponge, like going and looking. But there is really that value in the long-term relationship and getting to see multiple events because I think if you volunteer for one-off, it's very rare. You can even talk to your volunteer or your, you know, whoever's coming to shadow you, I think is how I've heard it described to kind of what you're doing. But if you're just shadowing for a one-off, you're right. You don't get to see any of that behind the scenes or anything um, that really kind of helps inform what you witnessed. You know, it's kind of like analyzing like a co- – I have a background in sports, so I always think about it how we watch game film
1: <laughs> or we used
0: yeah. to after after a game and you'd break it down. You have a coach who kind of talks to you, okay, here's what happened. You know, here's what we would have done differently or moving forward. So I feel like that is so, I really hope there's a couple of people listening to this who are getting ideas because I know I am in terms of, uh, I'm very passionate about wanting to help other people again, come up in the industry. And so something like that, that sounds like it has some structure to it that helps you keep on track. While also I think a lot of people, when they think about becoming a mentor, they worry about the time it's like how much time they have to give into it. So have you found setting like very kind of clear boundaries like you have with your current program has helped you succeed in feeling like you're getting
1: you're investing, you know, the right amount of time into it. Absolutely. I mean, we talk about this with clients all the time, so the same is true for setting up a mentorship. I do formalize it with an agreement, you know, that lays out expectations on both sides about the time commitment from me, and I'm pretty flexible. I mean, it's just one person that I'm working with for a long term over the course of a year. So, if they have questions over text message or, you know, I had my first mentee back in 2019, she was booking her first wedding and had a question on the contract and some of the things that the groom was pushing back on. And so um, we ended up having like, you know, a, a call, emergency call, if you will, to like get on and really help walk through some of those things that wasn't during that scheduled time. But in general, because you do have those sessions set up, you know, quarterly to really check in and deep dive, I'm, I'm taking, what is that, eight hours over the course of my year. Mm to to sit down with somebody, you know, four times two hours at a time. And then here and there you get those questions. But if they're on events with you, there will be those little times to ask other things too. And um I I actually put it out and ask for a full um resume as well as a cover letter because it is a longer commitment. So this isn't just like slide into my DMs and we'll work together. Um, I think that really helps to layout like here's a position description this is a little bit more of an effort a few more hoops to jump through on the front end to make sure that we're a good fit, and then I end up interviewing a few people over the phone before I make a final decision. So again, I'm vetting them for personality too. We're making sure they get to talk to me and make sure that this still works for them, and you know that we're going to click well over the course of the year. And lay out those expectations up front. The more you can do up front to kind of set what the how it's all going to work, just like when we set up the things up front with our clients for how we're going to communicate with them, when we're available, it's that same thing.
0: Yeah, you're you're hitting on a lot of the heartstrings that I feel like are for why I do we do this podcast. Of um, I feel like, you know, in talking about mentorship, it's giving back to the community. We're really passionate. I know Rising Tide Society talks about it a lot about that community over competition. And that's something that Mary and I both, I mean, I honestly don't know why people don't all embrace it, just because it's never. It's never been a detriment in my career. If anything, it's only helped everybody advance. And do you have anything else you want to add about being a mentor, about kind of how you can help give back to the community of event industry folks?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say that, you know, the advice giving thing, we didn't talk too much about that today. But if you're not ready to fully jump into a longer term commitment with someone as a mentorship or call it something formal, you just want to dip your toes in do that by, by giving advice, by offering like one hour sessions or something like that, like explore all the different options. Everybody's going virtual now. There's no reason to even have it be in person necessarily. Um, but explore something that works for you. And don't be scared to narrow it down by topics that you're an expert in, or that you feel really confident in and start from that place about, you'll find somebody who wants to learn, who's eager to learn. There are so many people out there who are trying to get to where you are. So I would just encourage people to not be shy and not be scared. And and we all are where we are now because somebody helped us get there. So paying it forward is really important.
0: And I think on the other side, I'm going to offer a tip and I'll let you kind of add on if you have one. But if you're someone then who's looking for that mentoring, looking for that advice or that coaching, just really getting, like we talked about, in the mentoring sessions, but even your initial inquiries, like getting really specific on what you have questions on. I have uh, in the last couple of years gotten a lot of inquiries from students who went to the university of Virginia where I went and a lot of them have a very clear kind of copy and pasted. I am so-and-so here's my major. I'm interested in this. Tell me about your, your career. And it's just a little too broad, especially if I'm busy and things versus a thought provoking question that someone has about something specific that I've done or a specific experience. So if you're looking to get more people to answer your cold intros or your cold asks, I would say if you're someone looking for that mentoring a- advice or coaching, making sure you dial in specifically on what you're asking for. Do you have any yeah. a-
1: advice to add there, Lynn? I, I love that. I think that's like a great tip. And the only thing I would add is to also make sure that you show that person that you know who they are and can be specific to them. So that copy and paste thing, like all the bells go off for that just being just such a bummer to receive, right? So make sure you're actually doing something to acknowledge in a genuine way why you're reaching out to that person for mentoring or coaching or advice. What is it about them that drew you to them? Like, why are you reaching out to them in particular?
0: Yeah, I know I try to get back to them all, but the minute I know it's copy and pasted, it just kind of falls on my to-do list versus a very specific ask. I'm like, oh, I should respond to this person. They've done their homework. But uh, yeah, well, before we wrap up today, I did want to do a couple of sentence finishers. Um, So our first one I had is, if I had more hours in the day, I would. Oh my gosh, take a nap. (laughs) We all need more sleep. I hear that. Next one is, my favorite productivity tool is?
1: Ooh, right now, it's Canva. I'm in there all the time. The pr- the pro version or the free version? Uh, ooh, I am currently in pro actually, but free is great too. So I always plug free until you know you love it. But yes, the pro is great with
0: all the brands, and you can save your colors. Oh, save yes. so much time. My last one is simple advice you can give to a small business owner.
1: Oh know your why so that you don't get burnt out in year one or two (laughs) know why you're doing what you're doing you know like stick with that keep it in your gut and make sure that it's the weather vane you come back to to make decisions to move forward in a purposeful way thank you lynn yeah that's so in line with all the
0: talk about mentorship and coaching and advice right there (laughs) some good advice for small business owners where can
1: our listeners find you if they want to learn more yeah, I am at linresnickphotography.com and have uh, the, the course that got mentioned earlier there, but also some free resources that you can grab, including a mentorship quick start bundle which is what I'm calling it. But it has a position description sample. It has a sample agreement that you could actually set up and sign with them and some other great things to set up your own mentorship with somebody. Uh, so that would be a great thing to grab there as well. And then I'm on Instagram, the most probably for social media, which is at Lynn Resnick photo.
0: Lynn, I'm already heavy bookmarked that I'm going to go download that bundle because it sounds so great for the mentorship Yay. kickstart. And we will link it in, in the show notes, listeners, if you need it. And as always, you can send us an email if you miss it. But thank you so much, Lynn. We appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much for having me and promoting mentorship. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, before we end today's episode, we're going to do our bonus tip. I always keep saying we. and Mary is here in spirit with me. Um, but this one is a little bit about logistics and being on site. So. My bonus tip is don't forget about your printing costs. Uh, This is something that has an event if you're on site. I recently was on site for an event, but it was virtual. And it's something I haven't had to think about when I do events from my home because I have a printer and I can just print things anytime I need them. So don't forget to incorporate the costs into your budget or specifically talk to your client about how you're going to that's a cost they're covering. And I think about things like if you're printing your run of show that we talk about in episode five, a script for your MC or anything like that, just kind of know if you're going to need to print at a hotel, they tend to be a little bit pricier. Or if you need to run around and find a nearby FedEx or print shop. At this event last week, I got to take a morning walk every day to go to the FedEx shop that was about eight or nine blocks from our hotel, but I was able to, to print what I needed. So don't forget about your printing costs. And with that, that brings us to the end of our episode. You can follow us on Instagram at better events Pod. You can send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at better events Pod. And we appreciate you all for listening. And we'll be back in your feeds again next Wednesday. Bye, folks.